This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Um, a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. A lot of things, a lot of questions, a lot of fear about what happened this past Friday in the Supreme Court. So I think that the... One of the greatest problems. Well, I'm going to read you. I'm going to read you a Medrash um, Rabbah in Voracious. If you want to look it up, it can be found in Perichavav Sifhei. Medrash Rabbah in says the following. Pusik says Pusik says that in the Philim, the two Malachim who said to Hashem, look how bad the human beings are and immoral and they were judging us. So Baruch Hu said, You two angels, if you were human, you would not be any better than the human beings. They said, Really? We don't think so. We think we'd be a lot better. Shem said, Okay, I'm gonna take you from Shemayim. I'm going to throw you down to the world. You're going to become human. From angels to become human. Not from humans to become angels. That's what usually happens, but the other way around. So, they're called the Nephilim. They fell from above. Right? And they came to earth and they were worse than any human being ever was. They fell. They thought, I'm sure, next to Hashem, when they were no Yetzirah. You're at Tzadik, right, we thank you, thank you for judging us, but once they came here, right, so it says that they saw that the daughter of Ayiru ben Elohim, these angels saw that the daughters of man, Toivais, were good. So he says, Vayikhu lahem nashim mikol they took for themselves wives from anything that they chose. So it bothers the Medrash. What do you what do you mean they took for themselves wives from anything that they chose? They, it has to be they chose a woman. I should say they took for themselves wives from the female humans. But it doesn't say they took they took for themselves wives from the female humans. It says they took for themselves wives from whatever they chose. Says the Madrush. Toivais Elu. Mashay Nanashem. We call Hashem Bacharu. From whatever they choose, says the Madrush Rabbah. Zezachar. They were men, they took males. Ubehema. And they took animals. Bestiality. They took whatever they wanted. Whatever they chose. That's what these Nephilim did. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi, Rabbi Huna, Rabbi Omar. Rabbi Huna said in the name of Rabbi. Dar HaMabal, the generation of the great flood. Le'numuchum in Olam was not wiped out of the world. Out until Shekosfu Gamayim. Siyos was Zachol of Behema. 
So they wrote marriage certificates, men to men and to animals. Amar Samlai, says the Medjish Rabbi Bereshis, Perchavok. Rav Samlai said, Any time, any place that you find Znus, immorality, Anjulai Misi disease and plague comes to the world. And it kills the good with the bad. Rabbi Azayah, Rabbi Yehuda Bar, Rabbi Simon B'Shem, Rabbi Yeshua Ben Levi says, Everything Hashem has patience for. He has patience. He has, he has time. He has time. Like the American government, you know, they have time. Except for immorality. My time, oh, how do you know that? Maybe, maybe he does have patience. It says that the, the, these Nephilim saw, and right after that it says, right after Hashem said, I'm going to wipe out the human being. Where do we see this in, in a place in the Torah? That Hashem has patience for everything, but not for immorality, specifically homosexuality. Where do we see this? Rabbi Yeshua Balevi B'Shem Pedaya Oymar, Kol Oysa Alay Loha Yolait Mabachish Racham Halasadaymen. When the angels came to destroy the Sodomites, so Lot was trying to talk these malachim out. He was destroying a whole a lot of people who were going to die. So he was trying to talk them out of it, and it was working. While you miyadai, they came to destroy Sodom, and Lot was talking the malachim out of it because it was to kill a lot of people. Shabbulai, haytziyeh melenu menei but the Sadaimite said we want those two guys that who were angels, they didn't know they were angels, they thought they were guys. We want you to give up Lord, we're not gonna break down your door, we're not gonna kill your family, even though you took people in and that's the law. That will you know that's the law is punishable by death. No, we're not gonna do that. Hey Totiem Elenu, throw these two guys out, Binaidea Oisam with Tashmish. And we'll have physical relationships with them. Amulo, the minute they said that, the minute the Sadamites said they want to have male male relationships with these angels, the angels turned and said, To Lot, Od me Lechapo, who else do you have in the house besides you? They said, Until now, we were going to listen to you. We were going to listen to your defense of Sodom. Now that they want you to throw us out to be, to be used as male-male physical uh, relationships, you can't le- learn any more defense. That's it. Whoever's with you in the house, out of here. We're not listening to anything else. It's a town, Sudoyim, that practices that male and male will be destroyed. I'm just reading you the Medrash. It's not an opinion of Rabbi Wallenstein. This is a Medrash Rabbi. Zuck the parish on the Medrash Rabbah. Now this is the scary part. They wanted them for, to be with them physically. What was the problem here? 
that the judges of the generation, the Supreme Court, Sidre Chaiku Mishpat, the ones who wrote law, okay, what I'm right? the ones who wrote law, Mamish the Supreme Court, Sidre Chaiku Mishpat, the Toyevos, they were writing laws for immorality. Listen this, you know when this was written, how long ago? And they didn't see anything bad about it. Right? Nothing wrong with it. Because they made it into law, they were never going to change their mind or do tshuva or feel bad. Therefore, they were judged to be destroyed. Not a joke. Not a joke what happened on Friday. So, what? Who said that that was wrong at that time? At which time? They had they had seven seven laws of B'nai Noach, and one of the laws of B'nai Noach is Gilei Arayos. So what about before Noach? You were just saying that there were. No, it's it's called it's called Shemitz B'nai Noach, but it's since the beginning of the world. Now, what I think, what I think, so I want to take this apart a little bit because it has a lot to do with this week's parsha. Okay. So there are sins. There are sins. There are many sins that the Torah brings out that are sins. I think that, and it's called the Torah Hashem, but there are also Averis that are called, it's not only this Averis called the Torah Hashem, there are other Averis that are called the Torah Hashem. So why of everything would this be the one that destroyed the world, that destroyed the world at that time? That the judges wrote, specifically what he said, the judges of the land who made the laws made it into a law that man can marry man. And they wrote kisuvos, they wrote marriage kisuva, marriage licenses. Exactly, exactly what's going on now. Since the destruction of the world, this never happened. Till this past Friday. It never happened. Not that homosexuality never happened, but it never happened that there was a law by a Supreme Court asking that this is the law of the land. Okay, that never happened since since this time. Even the Romans didn't come up and, and have a Bezdin get up and say that the law of the land is that men should marry men. Now, wh- uh, again, I'm giving a little bit of my own opinion here. What's the basis that this is? I didn't say they, I didn't say they didn't sanction. They did everything, but yeah, they did. They, but, yeah, but they didn't make it into a mitzvah. They didn't make it into a law. No marriage. You didn't get married. They didn't get married. They had. They had, they had homosexuality, they had, they had, the, they didn't have, they didn't have marriage. They didn't have marriage, they didn't, they didn't attach marriage to it, right? And really it's not fair. And, and the dissenting vote, what he, what he was explaining is it's really not fair. Because, because the Supreme Court is, 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 is a, is a body of people that make laws. This is not a law. You know, the Supreme Court of America makes laws, and, and, and what he got up, Roberts, and he said, the dissenting vote, is that, you, you can't, you can't translate marriage. In other words, who's the Supreme Court, who are lawyers, who learned the law of the, the, the civilized world, so that they, they can allow whatever they want to allow or disallow. You can't call that union marriage. That maybe therapists could get together and discuss what marriage is, whatever it is, but it's not to make it into whatever. So, but I, I feel that what's the, What's the knech? I mean, the Torah doesn't, the Torah says, that's it, it's the Torah of Hashem. 
But there are other Teirah Hashem. But the Kanechi is a Kafri Teirah. And that's, that's the twist to everything. And that, when, when we, we see that Hashem has no patience for an ingrate. Now, if you look in the beginning of Bereshis, right? So God created this human being. And the way he created him was he was female and male in one person. So he could actually reproduce by himself. We were created that we could, I think you'd call it asexual, right? That we could actually, like an amoeba, right? We could actually, the male was in the front part and the back part was the female. And it was a fantastic, I think it was, remember, Shem Shem Pink is a fantastic word. So why did Hashem, Hashem have to split them? Obviously, he should have left it that way, right? Because when he looked right, she looked left. In other words, if, if there's a face on here, so when I look this way, the face back here is looking that way. And what it says, it, what, right? Listen very carefully, it's a beautiful shot. So how do you know that that was the problem? So, so to be married, right? If you look right and she looks left, you can't be married. It's not, it's not shalom, right? So when Hashem separated, it became Azer, Kinegdai. They were facing each other. And when, 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 um, specifically the halacha is in Judaism, that when, when a man and woman reproduce, they're supposed to be facing each other. There's a thing about Panim El Panim, Neshama El Neshama. Right? So, so the, the, the godless of Hashem, what Hashem saw is that He created us as one being, woman on the back, man in the front, or whatever you want to call the front and the back, because I guess they're both whatever. Um, so we were able to reproduce by ourselves. We, what happened? He saw that Adam saw all the animals, and every, each one of them had a separate nekeva, separate zacha. They could look at each other. So he was by himself. In other words, this is, and this I, I just said a few weeks ago, whoever's listening to this needs to listen to this, because this, this is very, very important the translation of not being by yourself in a marriage is when the person that you're married to is connected, is you can see them and they're opposite you if you have a marriage where you turn right she turns left right you look up she's looking down right you look down she's looking up that is not considered a marriage. That is not considered a marriage. A marriage is only when there's an Aza Kinegdo. Actually, if that's the marriage, Lavado, you're really alone. If you're turning one way, she's turning the other way. So what does Hashem say? You cannot be alone. What does alone mean? Alone means that the other half of you, the woman, right, every time you go one way, she's going the other way. That's alone. You can be married and you can be alone. And how many marriages do we see like that? That the husband and wife, they're married, but they don't get along. So each one of them is alone and they're lonely. And then they get into other relationships outside their marriage and a lot of bad other things happen. Because the Misa, what the Torah is telling you, he wasn't alone, she was on his back. Hashem saw, right, that man was alone. So he created Isha. He wasn't alone. Talk to her, she's behind you. The answer is that's alone. What a what a fantastic lesson. That's alone. That the Torah considers alone. When you turn right and she turns left, when you don't see each other, when you're not facing each other, 
You can be married. You can be connected physically. You're still alone. Whoa. Wow. We can leave this shit right now. Good. Have a good night. That's, that's like, that's like, that's like, no, I'm serious. That's like, that's like, wow. So what happens? So what happened? And people tell me, you know, you shouldn't talk about the subject. I'm going to put you online. And this guy and that guy and the other guy and this guy. And I'm like, so what? So, so, so put me online. Like, hello, what am I, what am I saying? No, I'm saying, what am I saying? I'm reading a medrash. But listen, listen, so, so what happened? So Kodesh Baruch Hu didn't need to separate us to reproduce. It's not why he separated us. He separated us because Adam was lonely and he needed someone to talk to and he needed someone to be with. And Hashem specifically took the woman and made him from the man. And and why didn't he just create he created a man, he took the dirt and made a man, so take the dirt and make a woman. It's the same it's the same work, what's the difference? Just take a piece out of me, put me to sleep, operate on me, create a right. So it says that the reason he did that was because if if he created a woman and a man separately, the man would never want to be with the woman. Because because we're such opposites that we would we would never get married. So what he did was he created her for me. So now I'm missing something. He took something from me and he created a woman. So I am missing something. So I'm looking to be fulfilled. So I'm chasing the woman to get married to her because I'm missing something. If I wasn't missing anything, I would be this great creature like the Nachash doing my own thing, doing whatever I want, being like these guys and whatever. But because she's part of me, I'm always trying. It's, it's, I'm always trying to get back what I'm missing. I'm always trying to get back what they took away from me. So that's why Hashem took the Isha and made him from the man. So here we go. And he created, so he, so he, so he separated us and he made a man and he made a woman. And then Kedushin, it's called Kedushin. When a man and a woman get married together, right? So now there's a relationship and she's, they're able to have children together and whatever, and, and, and to go on, to go in and go on. And the reason Hashem did this was because he saw that every animal had a female counterpart. And Adam was jealous. He was like, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have an Asia Kenegdai. And now we took this Asia Kenegdai and we threw her under the bus. And like, no, I don't need her. I have another guy. So everything that Kushbuch did for us, that he separated us, that he created this woman from us, that he, that makes sure that we're not lonely, that he gave her an Asia Kenegdai, was saying, no, no, no. The judge said, cause I'm in love and whoever, whatever you love, Right? So you have a right to marry whatever you love. I am to love wise potato chips. So I don't know if I could go to the clerk and say, I want to marry this bag of wise potato chips. I love potato chips. You know, I don't think they'll marry me. But he made a statement like whatever you love. So, 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 so there are people that say, I don't like people. I know someone has a dog. And the dog is like his, I don't know if it's his wife or his daughter or exactly what the relationship is, but he doesn't like people, but he likes his dog. I'm saying he has a pet. He takes care of it and gets, Shampooed and little bow ties and has a little coat in the winter and, right, so he loves his dog. So he loves his dog according to the Supreme Court. You love your dog, you'll be able to marry your dog. Says the Medrash Rabbah, that's what's going to happen. That's what the Medrash, that's what Medrash Rabbah says. Right? So once you, once you break these boundaries, like, like where do, you know, where does it stop? So I think that it's a huge coffee time. Because Boku created a woman and marriage for the man. So when we take that and we throw that under the bus outside of reproducing because if if that was the right way to live and the whole world decided that men should marry men and women should marry women in a hundred years 
the world is over because no children will be born and then the, the, let's say the last man is 100 years old so the whole world forget about a nuclear atomic destruction of the world if everybody in the world was homosexual instead of heterosexual in 100 years from now there's not a human being left on the world so how could that be right? So if it's right, then everyone should be like that. So if everyone's like that, so there's no world left in a hundred years. There's no one walking. If the guy lives till 105, will be the last man, and the earth will be empty of human existence. So this whole thing, and and taking something that's marriage, and the first marriage, if you read the Medrash about the marriage of Adam and Chava, and Hashem braided Chava's here, it's a whole thing. This, God created this, and He created a woman and a man as a, as a union and a, a woman from a man as a union for a reason so in a way outside of the to'eva because like I don't know why is that a to'eva right but outside of the to'eva it's such a coffee type to Hashem because he went ahead he saw we were lonely so he created this whole thing and we're saying no we don't need this we'll do whatever we want God I think that and that's something that Kush Baruch Hu doesn't wait and maybe that's why that's why even though there were a lot of other things going on, there was a Bajzara and Shvichas Daman, there's a lot of other things going on. This, this Avera, this situation, when 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 you make it a law, what you do, you know, that's between you and God. When you make it a law of the land, in other words, I'm also part of that land. Right? So they didn't give it to the they didn't give it to the American people to vote. They didn't give us to, to vote. So if the whole American people vote. They vote a certain way, then you know where you're living, you know where you're in Sedaim, and that's where they vote for. But they didn't give, they didn't give the people a voice, a chance to speak here. They didn't give us a, a, a chance to speak. So a lot of people called me and said, oh, Ray Wallstein, that's it, the end of the world. And I said, listen, there's a very fascinating, it brings down that when Kleistro was in Mitzrayim, so we were on the 49th level of Tumor. And it brings down that had we hit the 50th, Hashem knew we would never be able to get out of Mitzrayim. So it says, in the middle of that night in Chatzos, right? He took us out because had we gone another five minutes, we'd hit the 50th, we'd never get out. But it also says that in the times of Mashiach, times now, that the world will be in the 50th. So don't be, don't be surprised about what's going on. You know, don't be surprised. I'll, again, I'll tell you a story after the tape is over. It happened to me this week in a, on my way back from the mountains. It's not for on tape, but I'll tell it to you afterwards. <laughs> so, people are complaining about, yeah, you don't come to the shit, you're not going to hear it. Anyway, so, what was I saying? So, uh, so the Misa, this, they didn't give us a choice to vote on this or whatever it is. But the whole thing is just a coffee type to Akash Baruch Hu. And I was crying on Friday not for me not for anyone for Hashem for the Shekhinah for the Shekhinah it's like we don't really care what you think believe in you don't believe in you God we're going to do whatever we want and we're the supreme court of the land and we'll do whatever we want we don't care what you think and I was mamish so upset I was really upset so anyway I went shopping Friday and uh, after the news came out everybody was talking about it this and that the other thing <coughs> pro, con whatever, whatever and and I'm sitting there and I'm like mamish I'm subracha for the Shekhinah I'm like I'm sorry, Hashem. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry that I, I I have nothing to say here. I love you, and and they're, 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 you know you get you give the world everything. I mean, all these people that are celebrating and everything, you give them life. 
to go against what you say and you give them life the next morning and you give them life the next morning and you give them food and you give them children, you give them whatever and, and you just keep giving and giving and they just keep throwing stuff in your face and I'm really sorry Hashem and I feel very bad so um, <laughs> I'm in a store after this whole thing breaks and these two guys are like I can't believe that we come up here and the pool's not heated I'm sitting there I'm like wow this whole thing went down Friday, right? We're religious Jews. We're from Jews. Hashem just got whacked in the face. Whacked by mankind. America and God we trust, right? On one side of the coin. On the other side of the coin, I don't know exactly what's going to be, right? Right? So, we, God just got whacked, right? And they're talking about, I can't believe the pool's been heated. I'm like, we just don't get it. We just don't get it. So, so someone said to me, I was walking around, I was like, it's men Shabbos. I was like so upset. And he's like, you didn't vote. You, it's not, you know, it's, it's, what are you getting so upset for? Like, why does it, it bother you? You can't do anything about it anyway. Right? Famous. All of us in this room, like, how upset are you? Did you stay up at night? Did you sit on the floor? Did you put ash on your head? Did you, did you, did you, yeah, what, what do you mean? Now you're supposed to take a now, now we do take a In Tamils, you're supposed to sit take a Structure of the base of Mikdash. You sit on the floor and say, Shema. So, so they said to me, well, you can't change it anymore anyway. It was voted. So, and you, well, who are we? We're just a bunch of, you know, we're not in the Supreme Court. Like, what are you going to do? So I told him the following. I told him the following. Everyone is listening. Listen carefully. There were three advisors to Paro and Mitzrayim. And Paro and Mitzrayim said, I want to vote. I want to throw all the Jewish boys into the Nile River. But, we're democratic. The Democrats. So before we throw these kids into the water, let's have a vote. We have three advisors. Bilam, Yisro, and Eov. Yisro was very much against. First vote was Paro. Paro said, throw them in the water. Next vote was Bilam. Bilam said, throw him in the water. Next vote was Yisrael. Yisrael said, I need to think about it overnight. I'll let you know in the morning. Okay. What did he do? That night, he ran, the Medrash says, because he knew that if he's going to, he really, he was not going to say, throw the kids into the water. And the minute he would say, it's wrong, power would kill him. He doesn't want an advisor who goes against him. So it's interesting, Medrash. It says that Yisrael that night went into Paro's um, treasury took the stick that, that's where he got the stick from Yisrael got the stick took the stick um, where did the stick come from Yosef brought the stick to Mitzrayim Yisrael took the stick from the treasury and put it in the stone behind his house when he went to Midian same stick Moshe pulled it out of the stone you ever hear the, sto- the story of the store sto- in the stone? So Yisrael had this stick stuck into a stone in the back of his house. He said, whoever, puts, whoever picks the, whoever can pull, oh, whoever can pull the stick out of the stone will get the, what's it called? Will get my daughter Tzipporah. And Moshe Benoit came, he pulled it right out. Where did that stick come from? That stick came all the way from other Mauritian. Right. It moved down. Yosef went down to Mitzrayim. Anyway. So Yisrael that night escaped because he didn't want to get killed. He went to Midian. Next morning they come to the vote. Paro says, kill him. Bilam says, kill him. Yisrael's no show. All right, one guy left. Eov, what do you vote? He said, I abstain. 
Abstain means I'm not saying anything. Now, he knew that he couldn't win because there was already two against one. He was gone. Paro said, throw him in the water. Bilam said, throw him in the water. The only one that's left is him. So he's going to lose two to one anyway. So he's not going to get his, chop, his head chopped off. So he didn't say anything. Okay? So they decided to abstain. One's gone. They threw, then they started killing Jewish kids. Throwing him into the now. Eov started going through the craziest pain. Lost his daughters, lost his money. The 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 the, the of Eov, they're called the Yisurim of Eov, was the man in the whole world who went through the most pain. So Eov turned to Hashem and said, I don't understand. I, I didn't vote to throw them in the water. Why are you punishing me like this? Why are you giving me all this pain? Hashem said, Mida Kenega Mida. So what do you mean? So this week, I was cutting vegetables on Friday, and I had a brand new knife, and I cut my finger very deep, and I gave such a yell, because when metal cuts your, you know, metal, so when I cut it, I was like, ah! <laughs> Screaming monster, what happened? I'm like, ah, my finger, I cut my finger off. Why did you scream? Why are you screaming? Did it, did, it, did it help it? Did it stop it from bleeding? No. Did it take away the pain? No. Did it stitch it? No. Why'd you scream? Because when it hurts, what do you do? You scream. Does the screaming help? No. So Hashem said to Yis- to, to Eo, I want to teach you a lesson. I'm giving you pain? You're screaming? Why are you screaming? Because it hurts. Not because it's going to make a difference. It's not going to make a difference. So how come when Paro said he wants to throw the Jewish kids in the water, you didn't scream? You're telling me I didn't scream because I knew I was going to lose. Right? But if it hurts, even if it's not going to help, you scream. I'm going to give you pain. Because pain is the one thing that you scream, but it doesn't help. Neither can I get me though. So all of us, even though, right? So what does Hashem want from us right now? He wants you to move. He wants you to go protest. He, right? So you're going to tell me, I can go protest in front of the, in front of the Supreme Court. I'm going to go protest. It's not going to change anything. The law is the law. It's passed already. It's five to four. It's passed. What am I going to do? The answer is, well, why aren't you screaming? If you're in pain, even if you can't change anything, you should be screaming in your house, in your heart, in your davening. You should be screaming. If you're not screaming, it's not because you can't, it's not because you're not, you can't help. You're not screaming because it doesn't hurt. If it hurts, you scream. So what does Hashem want from Klayusro? Does He want you to go out and protest? No not going to change anything but he wants you to scream inside to show that it hurts because if you don't if you don't make a macha that it hurts then it doesn't hurt then he might give us a reason to scream so if we scream when it hurts then we don't have to scream then he doesn't have to give us but every single person this is you know our children our children our grandchildren you know Guys marrying guys, transgender, you know, uh, bathrooms that are transgender. Like, what is it, what's the sign for that on the door? Like, how do I know it's a transgender bathroom? Like, right? All this, this is crazy. This is Sadaim. This is Mama Sadaim. So, what's the difference between Mitzrayim and now? So, oh, so forget it, we're done. Oh, we're, well, it says when Mashiach comes, we're going to be on the 50th level. So, everybody asks if you're going to be on the 50th level. How are you going to get out? You couldn't get out of Mitzrayim. And the answer is that when you don't have Torah, Mitzrayim was the snake of all Torah. So then you can't get out of the 50th level if you don't have Torah. But once there's Kabbalah Torah, 
once there's people learning, once there's Lakewood and Yeshivas and people learning Torah, so even if you're on the 50th level, if the whole world is Mushchasim, right? You can still be saved. And Baruch Hashem, we still have Torah. So the world is doing what it's doing, but Lamaisa, we still have Torah. So even though if we're on the 50th level of Tumah, Kishbrochel can still save us. Kishbrochel can still take us out. But I think the inherent Aveira is a coffee type here. I went ahead, I created a woman. I, I, I didn't make you a single being. And now you want to be a single being? You want to be a guy and a guy? You want to be back to a single being? That's what you want? You want to be a girl and a girl? You want to be, come back to a single, be, a single being? So, so you're going back and you're saying to me that everything I did for you, when I created the world, when I saw you alone, right, and I gave you Asia Connect, you don't want? You're throwing it back in my face. It's coffee type. He doesn't play with that. There's no, there's no room because the coffee type doesn't do tshuva. First of all, the coffee type doesn't do tshuva. If you're right, we spoke about this a few weeks ago, if you think you're doing right, and it's a law, and it's passed, and it's good, so why should I do tshuva? It's a law. Now I'll tell you the craziest thing. Is it ingrate? The person who doesn't appreciate. Now I'll tell you the craziest thing. What's the symbol? What's the flag that's flying? It's a rainbow. Their whole, their whole symbol, what they stand for, is the rainbow. Fools. Fools. What's the rainbow? What does the Torah say? After Hashem destroyed the world, Noach came and brought Karbanais. And after he brought the Karbanais, Hashem said there is something good to the human being. So I promise that in the times that I get so angry, that I want to destroy the world, I promise you, I will never destroy the world. I will never bring another marble. Noah said, how do I know? How do I know? Hashem said, when the time comes that I'm so angry that I want to destroy the world, I will make a rainbow in the sky. When you see that rainbow, you know that I want to destroy the world. But because I made my promise, I'm not destroying the world. And there's a bracha to make on the rainbow. And you're not going to tell anybody else if you saw the rainbow. If I go outside tomorrow and see a rainbow, it's a bracha. I'm not going to tell any of you there's a rainbow. Go look. Because the rainbow is a symbol of something very bad. Hashem's so angry. See, now let's show somebody Hashem's so angry. So I can make the bracha, but I can't tell you, to, I can't tell you to look. So the whole symbol that was chosen to represent this movement is a symbol in the Torah that represents when I'm so angry that I want to destroy the world. The only reason I'm not destroying the world is because I gave my word. That's the symbol. Yeah? It's like the story that I told you about Haman. That the, he wrote La'avdam. In, in the, in the decree of what they're doing, they write La'avdam, Loibadam, or, or, you know, the, the, what's it called? The, the, you know, the, the internet that on the keys it says enter but doesn't say exit. It says escape. Whoever wrote that on the keys, right? Why'd you write escape, right? Write enter exit. So he understood that once you're in, you can't exit. So the word to get out of where you're, where you're in is not exit, it's escape. Everything, the, the person doesn't realize, Hashem puts it in his, in his head what to write. He doesn't realize why he's writing it. So the symbol, they didn't pick a butterfly. The symbol that they picked is a symbol of God's anger. Why would you pick such a symbol? It's a, it's a symbol of God's anger. And the only reason there's a rainbow in the Shemayim is because I made a promise. And why did I make that promise? Because I saw the good in humans. 
I saw the good in, in Noah. That's why I made that promise. So since I made that promise, I won't destroy the world. That's your symbol? That's your symbol? Yeah, that's your symbol. Alright, this week's parsha. What's the connection? Outside of that, outside of that, Bilam was married to his donkey. So we see, yeah, yeah, he was physical relationships with his donkey, yeah, brings it down and all the Midrashim. So we see that Bilam was part of the Chevra, right? Unbelievable. Listen to this. Listen to this. Wow. So one of the ten things that Hashem created, Ben Hashemashais, Erev Shabbos, was Piyasan. The mouth of the donkey, not the mouth, every donkey has a mouth, but the ability of the donkey to speak. Right? Once I said something very silly in class, and my Rebbe said, He pointed to me, yeah, it was funny. The rest of the class thought it was funny. I didn't think it was so funny, but anyway. So, listen carefully. This is such a Nehudikab shot. And it, it, it fits right in with this whole thing of, 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 being, a, of being an ingrate, of being a coffee type. Alright, listen up. So, Bilam was a huge Russia. A very, very bad man. Very, very bad man. And there's, there's a crazy midrash on, on him. He used to go down to these, he used to serve these two very bad angels. You know, even, you're not allowed to even mention the names because Meshach Ben was buried, of course, from them to keep them under control. They're buried deep in the earth. Very bad angels, very bad angels. And he served them. That's where he got his Ruchatoma. So he had to do like crazy Averis. So he, one of the Averis he did was that he had physical relations with his donkey. Um, so, we know the story like this. Listen to this. The donkey saw an angel of God, Nitzvah was standing in the way. And his, uh, his, his sword was in his hand. The Austin said, I'm not going against this Malach, he's going to chop our heads off. They went into the field. And Bilam hit the Asan, the donkey, straighten him out. Okay. So, he tried to straighten out. And the Malach of Hashem stood in the path of the vineyards. Thorns on one side, thorns on the other side. So he tried to get through the wall. He squashed the feet of Bilam. He hit him again. So in the next path he stood in his way where he couldn't go left or right. He sort of, um, he, uh, how would you say it, tirbats. Um, he like bent down. He crouched beneath Bilam. He hit him again. That's it. Hit his donkey three times. That's it. And God opened up the mouth of the donkey. And this is what the donkey now, you have to understand. That God created Ben Hashemashah, it's a one-time thing. That this donkey is going to talk. He, and whatever he's going to say, it's coming from Hashem, because the donkey can't talk, right? So here's, here, here he is. Here's his big speech. Big speech from the donkey. Ready? Here we go. He opened his mouth, he said, What did I do to you? That you hit me these three times. Like, come on, why are you hitting me? What are you beating on me? This is abuse. We would have sued. They would have put him in jail. Right? Peter would have put him in jail for hitting a donkey three times. For sure. Right? So Billah, without losing like that, his donkey's talking to him, right? He's like not. 
Okay. Oh, it took you a while to get that? Okay. Anyway, so, so, so Bilam, instead of saying like, my donkey's talking? Wow. No, it's like an everyday thing. What do you mean, why did I hit you? He is me. You mocked me. You, you, you pushed me into a wall. You, you crouched. What do you mean? If I would have a sword in my hand right now, I would, I would have killed you. I saw a medrash. What do you mean, if I would have had a sword? What does that mean, if I would have had a sword? Bilam had a sword. He had a crazy sword. It was called the Sword of the Snakes. Next week, I'll tell you a whole crazy story about the Sword of the Snakes. He had a crazy sword, a black magic sword. Crazy sword. It was called the Sword of the Snakes. He had a sword. So what do you mean, if I had a sword? The medrash, I saw a medrash that the Malach took his sword. So when before, when it says that, um, all the way in the beginning, the Charbo, his, his, Bilam's sword, was in the Malach's hand. The Asun saw that Bilam's sword was in the Malach's hand. Malachim don't go around with swords. It's not one of the things they do. So the Asun saw, he stole his, stole, he stole his sword. He stole the magic sword. The Malach had Bilam's sword. So now Bilam don't have a sword. He was like, uh, if I had a sword, my sword's gone, he realized, right? I would have killed you. Okay? That's a nice answer. No. But tell him, I'll bill of one second. Haven't I been a good donkey? Haven't you ridden on me from the beginning until now? Have I ever done such a thing to you? Well, yo, man, Billam said, you know what? You've been a good donkey. Whoa. You never did this before to me. End of story. That's it. That's all the donkey said. What did he say? By God, Hashem is Bilam. Bilam's eyes became open. By Hashem. Now he saw the Malach. His sword was held there. He bent down, he bowed down to the, to the, to the Malach. He's not going to try to get around him. Why did you hit your donkey? Why did you hit your donkey? Your donkey saved your life. I was standing there with a sword. And, and, and the donkey saw me. And he, he, he moved out of the way these three times. If it wasn't for him, I would have killed you. I would have kept him alive. I sinned. I'm sorry. And the Malach said, go ahead. So first of all, I saw a shot here that, that the minute he said Khatasi, he, he admitted his sin, Bilam, that he, he, he couldn't take, he could, the Malach couldn't punish him. Because once he did Chuva, and Bilam knew that, that's why he did, he said, I, I sinned. And once he said that, the Malach said, okay, go with the people. But the question is like this. The question is, why did the Malach have to tell him this? Why didn't the Asan tell him? He, listen to the discussion. It's so beautiful. He said to Bilam, why did you hit me these three times? Bilam said, because if I would have had a sword, I would have killed you because look what you did to me. So why didn't the donkey who's talking already just tell Bilam, hey, there's a Malach in front of us with a sword. He never told Bilam why 
He went off the derech. Yeah, the first donkey to go off the derech. We've been opening, <laughs> collecting money, we're opening yeshiva, for donkeys off the derech. Okay? I got a dorm, I got a whole thing going on. Okay? Starting a new movement. Donkeys off the derech. But anyway, so, so the donkey, he's saying to the donkey, what did you do to me? Why did you do this to me? So the donkey should have said, because there's a malach in front of us with a sword, he wanted to kill you, so I saved your life. Whole story. Hey. We're married. Did I ever hurt you? I've been good to you. Did I ever do this to you? Why are you giving a whole story? Tell them what happened. No, the malach has to show up now and say, you know why? Because I was there. Why didn't the donkey say that he was in the way? The donkey just gave him a whole schmooze, but he didn't say one word about what happened. No, he should have told him. Straight up. The terrorist is unbelievable. And, and that's why Hashem, that's why Hashem opened the mouth of a donkey to tell a donkey is going to talk once in the whole creation of the world, a donkey is going to talk. And what is he going to say? Haven't I always been a good donkey? Yes. Over. What's going on here? No, you're ridiculous. No, you're so connected to the first part of this year. Hashem is not going to open the mouth of a donkey to tell Bilaam but the reason we went off the road is because there's a malach. Hashem doesn't have to open the mouth of a donkey for that. The malach can tell Bilam, as it did here, that I was in the way. Hashem created the mouth of the donkey, Ben Hashemashais, to teach us Hakara Satayv. What did the donkey say to him? The donkey said to him, It's not about the malach. You hit me three times? Where's your Akarsa Taiv? I never, haven't I been good to you since the beginning of time, since you started riding on me? I never ever hurt you. I was always there for you. I always took care of you. So what are you hitting me for? Isn't that true? And he said, yes, you're right. I, I, you never did go off the derech. So Akarsh Baruch who opened the mouth of the Asan to teach us, surely, surely, the Torah is writing five psukim about a donkey. And Bilam in the end admits, you're right, I'm wrong, you're right. You've always been good to me. Surely, because Baruch Hu felt that it's important to create a new creation of the world to teach us to a donkey. What did he do to the donkey? He killed it? He starved it? He hit it! Right? You're in a horse race, they hit the horse all the time. What did he do? Shem said, you can't hit a donkey the donkey was there for you. To cause pain to your parents, to your wife, or to others who do good for you, to cause them pain. So Hashem went ahead and He created a creation to scream to all of us. The donkey is screaming. And what is the Malach saying? The Malach saying, you deserve to die. You're an ingrate. You're a coffee toy. A coffee toy, you deserve to die. And really, the donkey should live. You don't have a curse, I told Bilam. And Bilam said, Chatasi, you're right. Because he was such a Russia that he didn't say, after the mouth said, you know, I was in the way, I was in the way, these three times your donkey saved your life, he should have said, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe what I did to my donkey. I hit him and he saved my life. Thank you, donkey, thank you, thank you. I'll buy you oats, grain, whatever it is. Right? Even though the donkey died right away because they didn't want, Hashem didn't want a donkey that talks is going to become an Avoid Zara. 
for the Misa, he didn't go into the donkey's bot, whatever, and say, I, I can't believe I'm really sorry, you know, that I said, no, he, he said, my sin, Khatasi, when you because he was such a Russia, he couldn't have a Karsatai, but Russia doesn't have a Karsatai. So what did he say, to, what did he say? He should have said, Khatasi, I sin, what's your sin? That I didn't know you were there, and I beat up my donkey. No. What's my sin? I didn't know that you were standing there. That's my sin. He said, He said, My sin is that I'm Bilam and I didn't see you. What I do wrong, not that I hit the donkey, what I did wrong is me, that I didn't see you. That's my sin. Totally missed the whole thing. That's Bilam. That's, that's who he was. He was the rush. So after the Malach said, Hello, you should have died. And, and, the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the donkey should have lived, and you're such a comfy type. He gets him and says, oh, I'm so sorry, I, I really sinned. And we say, I can't believe I hit my donkey. No, he says, I really sinned, I didn't see you. <laughs> I didn't see you, that's my sin. That was my sin, I didn't see you. That's an ingrate, that's a billum. That's, that's a billum. And that's, that's, that's the, I believe that the, the, the whole, all of mankind, Right, like the, the, all of mankind, all of us that were sitting here and, and such a thing, you know, in the Jewish world, and then we're worried about is the pool heated? Hmm, it's a big problem. The pool isn't heated, right? Or my air conditioning broke, or this and that. The Shechina, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Shechina, created a beautiful world with beautiful trees and beautiful fruit, and He gave the human being everything. What? Why can't you just be happy with what He gave you? He gave you a woman. To be married to as an Azer Kenegda, he created it just so that man and woman should get married and should be together and should create families and should create more children and more people that appreciate what he created and to build a world, not to destroy a world. If, if this continues, right, if the whole world was like this, there is no world in 105 years, 100 years. There's nothing. There's trees and there's fruit and there's water and there's waterfalls and Niagara Falls and everything in the world is not a person. The cars and houses and apartments and I guess real estate will be worthless because there's no one living here anymore. Except, except, who, what will be living here? I think they just made a movie this summer for it. What, what will be living here? The animals. Because they're not marrying man to man and woman to woman. So mankind will destroy itself and the world will be just animals and insects and fish. And that's it. Because they're not coffee type. An animal doesn't have the ability to be a coffee type. And a fish and a bird and an insect doesn't have the ability to be a coffee type. So they would still be here. But the human being will be off the earth in 105 years. If everybody believed in this, in this way of life. It's a way of destruction. The way of destruction. To make it into a law that's infringing on my rights. That's infringing on my religion. You're infringing on Marriage. I'm not talking about the whole other subject. You're infringing on marriage. And that nobody has a right to infringe on. This is, this is the world. This is, you know, this is democracy. I'm not saying anything against democracy, but that's part of freedom. The word freedom, you know, freedom is, is, is looked at in, in the Western civilization. Freedom is looked at as you can do whatever you want. Freedom is looked at as yes. When really freedom is no. Person to be able to be free is have to have the ability to say no. How do you know? A slave, the one word he can never say is no. Only a free man can say no. 
when you tell a slave you have to do this he has to say yes only a free man can say no and a person who is free of drugs can say no saying yes to drugs you're not free they own you, they own you. be free of a cell phone be free of drugs be free of any any of these any addiction what's the freedom the freedom to say yes playing cards drinking that's the freedom no freedom to be able to say no so real democracy real freedom is the ability to say no not the ability to say yes I can do whatever I want whatever I want however I want that's not freedom freedom is to be able to say no so we need to make a macha in our own hearts in our own plot in our own place in our own time that it hurts Hashem it hurts it hurts that you do so much for this world that you don't destroy this world and you give the ones who are anti you who don't believe in you you give them life because maybe tomorrow they'll change maybe the next day they'll change you give them life and you give them life and you give them life and they hurt you and you give them life he's an amazing God he's a Balrachman he's an amazing God but it has to hurt he was hurt on Friday they were all talking about there was a huge rainbow above the White House on Friday they were all like oh it's a simon that God is happy with what we did not a rainbow guys a rainbow is a simon I want to destroy the world but I made a promise and I keep my promises. Maybe we all be Zaycha. I just want to tell you something very fascinating. Many Midrashim and many people talk about this that the last Golas that we're in is the Golas of Yishmol and Esav together. And a lot of people are like, well, America, you know, whatever, and Russia, but they're not. They're not going to get together with Yishmol. So, like, we don't see this happening that, that, Yishmol and Esav are against the Jews. Yishmol we know, right? And Esav we know, but not, to, they don't get along. Right? Iran, they don't get along. Yishmol and Esav don't get along. I think it's a very big mistake. I think what the Medrash is saying is yes, the last Golas that we're in right now is going to be Yishmol and Esav. But not together. They're going to be at the same time. Yishmol is going to be the physical gullus. Chop your head off, kill you, wipe you out, blow up your buses, kill your people. He's going to be the physical gullus. Esav is going to be the spiritual gullus. And the spiritual gullus and the physical gullus in the times of Mashiach are going to come together. And it's talking happening now. The immorality is the spiritual gullus. That's Esav. The physical destruction, the nuclear destruction and the physical destruction is Yishmael. So it's true that the last Golas that we're in right now is Yishmael. Everyone's looking for a war with Yishmael and Asa working together against stuff. Uh-uh-uh-uh. That's not what the measures is saying. The measures is saying it's the Golas of Yishmael and Asa. They're both together in one Golas. You're going to be attacked spiritually as Jews, as religious Jews, that we're the monsters and we're the prehistoric and we're not, we, we're a cult and yes, we're going to be attacked by Esau in many, 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 many different ways and you can't buy Israeli products and you can't buy this and you can't do that. Oh, you see what's going on this week. All kinds of stuff. So there's going to be an Esau Gullus, which is going to be an emotional, spiritual Gullus and at the same time that that Gullus is going on, right? There's going to be a physical Gullus and that's going to be the Yishmael Gullus. So this is talk of the, the last Gullus, the these two together, we should be zeicher that that Tishimov, it says Mashiach will be born. Um, that this should be the last, the last three weeks and the last Tishimov that Klai Yisrael. And I just, I'm just like davening every day. I'm like, 
Hashem, just, just show them who you are. Come on. It's time. Just, just, just reveal yourself. Just reveal yourself. Don't hurt it. You don't have to hurt anyone. You don't have to destroy anything. Just show the world that Hashem Echad We should all be Zaycha to see the day when Hashem Echad in the whole world. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.